0: Ladies and gentlemen, before our show kicks off, we wanted to send a huge thank you to all of our followers and listeners, as we have an unprecedented amount of support, and we appreciate you all, as we have just surpassed 2,000 listens. Thank you for both Doc
1: and prof. 2K Road is complete. Let's now start on the road to 3K. We are not Center. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Debate Books, friends. I am the Professor John Guidi. My co-host over here is Doc Leesna, the podcasting beast, and we're ready to provide you with another fun edition of sports news analysis and the reads. Doc, we we ended with free agents. Uh, we're going to continue with free agents, but there's some uh, there's some addendments, uh, addendums that we need to uh, talk about before we continue on this list. Uh, Definitely
0: a note, a note or two. Yes, that's it's correct. a
1: pretty big note. So apparently, uh, you know, and just for this, we're going to call out the author of this particular article. That's tracking. <laughs> Uh, Greg Rosenthal and Chris uh, Wessling. Uh, so they decided within all their great knowledge, and you know, in hindsight, I kind of like the fact that they did this. Um, yeah, I did it. Like I understand, but it kind of screwed up what we were trying to do with this whole thing. So uh, what these two gentlemen did was uh, removed from this particular one-on-one free agent list uh, anyone who got franchised or transition tagged. So people such as Shaq Barrett, Kenyon Drake, Dak Prescott, Derrick Henry, A.J. Green, Chris Jones, and et cetera, are not going to be on this list. But we will continue on from the list where we ended last week. Sounds good, Doc? Sounds great. Awesome. So prior to us continuing on this list, we have... News on two players. That was uh, well, one player who's in the top twenty-five. The other one, which is placed on the list. Uh, but let's start off with this brand new participant on this list, and that's Cam Newton, Doc. He got released from the Panthers. I like,
0: I like how he said, you know, on Instagram and Twitter to the Panthers not to play themselves. He did this wasn't mutual, and that he never wanted to leave Carolina. Um, I kind of like that, and it, it made sense. Now, the one thing I will say about Cam, still got the great skill set. But, I mean, at 30 years old, I'm wondering if a team is going to adopt a different approach to keep him healthy. That's going to be the question.
1: I see what you're saying with that. First of all, kudos to Cam for doing that because the Panthers did him dirty and they, mm-hmm. to, they, they, and they tried to bait and switch or smoke screen. By making it seem like it was Mutual to not make them look bad And that thing backfired Severely Um, Mm -hmm. But to your point though as far as His skill sets I can well now that it's going to be Much more pass heavy um, And you know now He's much more uh, Aged in the league as well too so you don't have To worry about a referee saying well you know You're still pretty young In the league like you could take the hits Um I think he's gonna I think he could potentially you know just have a new renaissance and just being a pocket passer because we know Cam can throw the ball. True. Like he could throw the ball. Like, yeah, people want to talk about him scrambling, but like we've seen quarterbacks, you know, start anew. And you know, the last few seasons actually for Cam, he didn't really have to scramble so much. That's um, and he would be much more smarter with it. So I think he's he can definitely have a, you know, a new spark uh playing for a different team. Um, I know a lot of Cam fans in uh the North Carolina area are pretty saddened to see him go, but I mean I think I think this is best for Cam's career
0: uh going forward. I'm passing. I mean, as a Bucks fan, I'm happy to see him go. If we're being honest, uh, wow. I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty thrilled, but also I, I think that, you know, I don't blame the Panthers for wanting to go in a different direction. You got a new head coach, you know, and a lot of head coaches these days have a short leash. So uh, it seems like you know you want to go in with a guy that you want rather than a guy from the previous regime. So Absolutely. I get it. Absolutely. I get it. So
1: the uh, other player that we want to talk about, who was in the top 25 last week,
0: uh, we mm-hmm. talked about young Robbie Anderson. Who I think I said I was surprised that he didn't get signed. And I was actually, I am I was surprised that the Jets didn't resign him until they did what they did mm-hmm. and actually paid less as the Panthers agreed to a deal with Robbie Anderson for two years, $10 million. Uh, which would pay him twelve million in the first year. So twelve yes. million for Robbie Anderson, who, you know, really didn't break out for more than eight hundred yards. But I would attribute that to the quarterback play yes. in New York. Absolutely. Which I think with Teddy Bridgewater, I think the Panthers will be better.
1: I think so too. Um, don't sleep. Like the NFC South might end up being one of the best. Uh, divisions in football next
0: year. Absolutely, like, just
1: just must watch for division. Games. I agree.
0: I agree. Uh, so I guess we're this is just the first couple of uh, people here, all NFC South teams. But uh, I guess we'll move on to Emmanuel Sanders, uh, who's number twenty seven on the list, and he moved on from the 49ers which is interesting. Um, to
1: uh, deal
0: with the Saints, two years, sixteen million. Um,
1: um, I think it was just him wanted to play back home. Honestly, um, I know a lot of the you know personalities want to try to talk about. Oh, is it because of? Is it because of the quarterback? Like, are you going because of the quarterback? And he was on first take, I believe, actually last week, mm-hmm. um, and he you know, stated how much he really enjoyed uh, playing for the 49ers, how much he, you know, respect uh, everything that the organization's done for him, uh, what Kyle Shanahan did as well too, uh, Jim Garoppolo, you know, and how much he's getting a bad rap because of one play, And which I agree. I felt, you know, he, he basically said if, you know, they made that pass, you know, they'll be right. talking about Jimmy Garoppolo in a totally different light. And we said this all the time with certain um, players we as well, too. Like, you know, if you make the play, you know, you're a god. And if you miss the play, now, you know, you're the scum of the like,
0: For the life of me, I don't even know how he got that wide open. I still don't know to the Exactly, yes. Um, but he was wide open. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think the Saints, they always needed that, you know, that speed receiver, and I think, you know, having him, you know, opposite one of the greatest receivers—well, I won't say one of the greatest, one of the best receivers—Michael Thomas in the league right now. Mm-hmm. I think Drew will, will be he'll don't be uh, having a good don't, season. Don't,
1: don't, don't ask that about Bill O'Brien. <laughs> say, I mean, you know, I, I made that trade, and I felt
0: like I was receiving <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Oh my god! Uh But moving on, number twenty-eight, Shelby Harris resigns with the Broncos. One year, three point two million. Um, I mean, obviously, he's a good interior lineman. You know, he's definitely helped the Denver Broncos defense. Um, I don't think the defense in Denver is a problem. It's always been, it's always the, offense. been
1: the offense. It's always been the offense. Yeah, yeah.
0: They need to get it together. Yeah. They really do.
1: And, of course, this now, is a one-year deal and he's probably going to get paid next year if he has a great season.
0: Yeah, I mean, they have so much money dedicated to their pass rushers that I mean, somebody like Shelby Harris may squeeze out of there if a team's Interested in overpaying, mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. I agree. Now, this next one. Now, I know mm-hmm. Ryan Balaga is getting older. I get it. But the Packers losing their best offensive lineman is kind of rough for Aaron Rodgers. I know he's been in and all in and off the field, Correct. on and off the field with injuries, I get it. And he's in his thirties, I get it. But three year, ten million dollars for a tackle of his caliber is not breaking the bank. Nope. And I think the ch- Chargers picking him up is huge, especially if they're going to have Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback, a rookie, or a lot of you know, a lot of people are speculating that Cam will join the Chargers, or maybe Jameis Winston. We'll see. But we'll see. having a tackle, having a tackle like Blaga is pretty big. Um, and I
1: agree. Um, you know, they they did say that his um contract, I believe, is year to year. so it's not as much as they'll be committing to another twenty million dollars if let's say, you know, knock in the wood, of course, he has a career in the injury in year one. Um, so it won't hurt them too, too badly, but I agree. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with the Packers going forward, honestly.
0: Well, and the Packers usually do draft offensive linemen in the first round, so I wouldn't put a pass in the draft the best possible tackle, maybe even move up in the draft to secure someone's services.
1: Run, A.A. Ron, run.
0: Exactly. I'm surprised that the the ranking of the next person. I think Jimmy Ward is it should be a little bit above 30. I, I think 30 is pretty low. Uh for Jimmy Ward and one or two of the, the following people. Mm-hmm. Um but Jimmy Ward re-signed with the 49ers, 3 years, 28 million. Uh 20.5 million. I think he is a good safety. He can move around, he can tackle, he can cover. 30 is pretty low, but it's kind of rough. Uh, I'm happy to see him resign with the 49ers. However, if he wanted to come to Tampa, I wouldn't have been upset.
1: I, I, I saw what you did there. I saw you did there.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think he was definitely a great anchor for that secondary. Um, he had mm-hmm. an incredible season last year. Um, of course, you know, people are only going to be about Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not really going to talk so much as you know what the team did so well in the road system bowl, but like he was definitely one of those unsung heroes uh, for this particular 49ers team. So I'm happy to see that he's, that he's going to remain there. I like the fact that yeah, they're trying he, to keep like they're trying to keep their younger nucleus,
0: except for, you know, of course, Buckner, but I know.
1: that's okay. Wow, uh, um, so I don't the deal for Buckner though.
0: They did. They did. Now, I'm not sure about this next guy, uh, Graham Glasgow. I've never heard of him. Um, but he signed a four-year, $44 million contract with the Broncos. Apparently, he's a four-year starter in Detroit. But, I mean, obviously, that's why I haven't heard from him. Nope. Me um, I'm not sure what Matt Patricia's doing. If you if you have a four-year, you know why you would let him go. But apparently, he didn't fit the scheme there. I, I don't know. I don't know what Matt Patricia's doing. He might be over his head.
1: Matt Patricia might be the Bill O'Brien of the NFC. Wow! I said it, and I don't feel bad about saying it either.
0: I can't believe it.
1: And that's all Next I gotta say. Have... That's all I gotta say about that.
0: <laughs> nah, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go there. Next we have Kyle Van You know, uh, obviously a Patriot at heart. Uh, moving on to the Miami Dolphins, four years, fifty-one million dollars, including thirty million dollars guaranteed. Uh, Kyle Van I thought was a very, very great fit into the Patriots' defense. Correct. Um However, I think with the way the Patriots work, because their scheme is so versatile, Bill Belichick gets the most out of pretty much anybody he puts on the field. It's, I don't know how he does it, but he gets the most out of people. And I think he got the most out of Kyle Vannoy while he was there. And I think Kyle Vannoy got the most out of the Patriots and got himself... Paid. I completely agree. I,
1: I can't even argue with that. Literally it could be the exact same thing I was gonna say. Um, he basically gotten to the point to where he can market himself to a way to where he can get paid, and Dolphins signed him up. Uh, both because he, you know, marked himself as an incredible um, linebacker who can definitely play some defensive end, but at the same time, too, he's coming from the Patriots, and of course the Dolphins is always trying to pick up old Patriots.
0: And they have the old defensive coordinator, which makes sense. He of He's been always familiar with the coach. So that makes sense.
1: Yes. So I think that's a
0: pretty uh, big win. Me, it is a big time win, and I think the price is reasonable. Also, Joe Schobert, number thirty three, mm-hmm. five years, fifty three point seven five million dollar contract. A short tackler, I know that for sure. He is a really, really good tackler. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, I think. The Jaguars have been hit with the injury bug at linebacker so much um, that this probably is a good signing. Um, I think they have a lot of money locked into the linebacker spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but with them getting rid of you know their quarterback, which we made $30 million, I think they could afford uh, to now invest a little bit more in the defense, which they did.
1: Yes. Um uh, of course, also the um – uh crap, what is the old Giants coach name? Who was there? Then he got fired.
0: Oh, um uh, the old guy, uh the old guy. Yes. Um Dang, I can't think of his name. Right now. I, I, I can't think of his, their his name. I right
1: can see, yes. <laughs> see
0: his face, but we, we, you know, we can't we can't get caught up on it. But what did you want to say about him?
1: Um I think the fact that they got rid of
0: him. Um
1: Tom Coughlin.
0: Jeez. Tom Coughlin, there you go, oh. the old ball coach. Yes. He was a he was a former Jags coach. That's why I can't even. Yes. Uh, understand
1: Yeah. Understand. So the fact that they got rid them. of him and is trying to get away from that toxic environment that was that was there like the past two seasons, you know, it there's you know greener pastures ahead for the Jaguars. We'll see. I mean, I just think that they should have. I mean.
0: The upgrades that they tried to make just didn't work, and then they kind of moved away from their identity. It was kind of weird, but hopefully they're able to bounce back because I, I, it, it was actually pretty interesting with them competing in the AFC. Yes. Next, um, I'm pretty, this is a head scratcher. I will say I like Andrew Whitworth, um, but three years, thirty million dollars for a thirty-eight year old—that's pretty rough.
1: I think. I think this. I think he got. Overpaid on this one, honestly. Um,
0: yeah, this is a this is a tough one. Maybe one year, maybe two. Top, yeah, two. I might
1: say two, but three years to do that. Like they need to draft.
0: Right, exactly.
1: A tackle um, to replace him. I,
0: I agree. I agree. Uh, Jaron Reed resigned with the Seahawks. Two years, twenty three million. Another guy who you know I'm not too familiar with. Um, Obviously, with some of the bigger names that they have on the team, you know, um, he might not be somebody that we readily know, but I'm sure Seahawks fans are are well aware of how he is and how he plays. Um, but obviously, they felt strong enough to, you know, give him two years from the so he must be something good. Yes.
1: Uh, and I agree.
0: Um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, Seahawks is always going to be there, and – you know, what they really do well, at time to time, of course, um, is they take care of the defensive uh, players.
0: True. True. Well, let's see here. Next we have Logan Ryan, uh, the former Steeler, uh, Man Fair Patriot, I believe. Titan. Titan as well. Yeah, he who, played, he played who, with he's gotten
1: the uh, pick six that ended the Belichick-Brady dynasty. Of course, that's the clickbait moment,
0: folks. <laughs> Ah, there you go, uh, but right now he is a free agent still. No, no signings just yet. Uh, it would be interesting to see, you know, uh, who lands Logan Ryan. Um, there are a few teams out there that can use him. <laughs> who would you say? I said
1: Tampa.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it depends. I mean, we have a you know, pretty have some good young guys. for
1: your you know secondary to have a veteran like
0: him out there. We'll see. It depends on how much he wants. Maybe, like I said, maybe he wants too much. But we'll to see. It doesn't give he's, us like a like, price tag like, or anything. I want,
1: he's like, I want a uh, three-year, $40 million dollar. No, no, no. That's way really too high. I'm going to win the no, Belichick-Brady no. dynasty, you know?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. We're not doing that. We're actually going to move on to Cincinnati, actually. <laughs> um, which, uh, let's see. Next year, we have number 37, Kendall Fuller, um, who was with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm which I'm surprised they obviously let him go. And this is a really, really good deal, uh, I would say, for the Redskins. Four years, roughly $40 million. I think that's really good for uh, a top-quality corner. Um, I, and I like this.
1: I feel like that contract tells me that the um, Chiefs wanted him to take less money. I don't know how much they have as far as cap, but I feel mm-hmm. like that's probably what happened here. Is yeah, they wanted him to take a hometown discount. <clears throat> And I think I'm right. I think I'm right. They, they
0: also have to resign my home. So maybe they don't want to give away big money, you know, and, and realize that they have to pay my homes the top, you know, $40 million a year, probably.
1: I can agree with you there. Uh, yeah. I believe you're right about that.
0: And $40 million a year.
1: Yeah, I believe that they're actually over cap.
0: Correct. Yeah, and it makes sense because their defense is highly paid. So yes. it makes sense. Um, but here we go. Let's see. Let's keep the train moving here. Ha ha. Clinton Dix.
1: Your favorite name.
0: Yeah, uh, both of our favorite names moving on to the Cowboys. Who, you know, the Cowboys have been very busy this offseason so far. We've talked because, about before. Is that
1: because they don't have Jason Garrett there anymore? Um so now all the blame can't be on Jason Garrett anymore.
0: Um mm-hmm.
1: and they really needed something on their. They they really needed bodies in their secondary though. Like their secondary and was that. was honestly like towards the bottom end of the league. Honestly,
0: and now I, they have it. Uh, I, I
1: know cowboy fans don't want to hear that, but their secondary was pretty bad. I won't say it's yeah. trash, but it was getting towards that.
0: And at least they signed somebody to help with that. So oh, absolutely, that's pretty awesome. Uh, moving on here, Matt Patricia, obviously, you know, losing one player. um, actually went and signed Jamie Collins to a three-year, $30 million deal, 18 fully guaranteed, which is a pretty good, friendly a deal. really good deal. Really good deal. Uh, 18 million. Which, is, which means that the Patriots lose two linebackers this offseason, which is pretty tough. Um, but, again, if I know the Patriots, they'll bounce back. And, obviously, another – another defensive disciple of Belichick, who's not the coach of the Lions, steals another linebacker away. So hopefully this pays off dividends for him. Okay, number 40, Demarius Rando Safety has not been signed by any teams just yet. Um, I think a lot of these players are probably not going to get signed until we get past this coronavirus Issue and they're able to work out and do these tryouts and whatnot. As the marriage Randall's pretty solid.
1: I agree. Um, I think I think I think it's between the, both the you know COVID nineteen and um, probably him wanting more money as well too. Um, that, certain, certain there's probably gonna be teams that want him, but they want to wait until his price tag goes down.
0: And the thing that stinks for these players is that the draft is coming up. So it's like, all right, you know, if you don't get, you know, if a team gets what they want in the draft, then, you know, these guys are going to fall a further. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, number 41 here, we have Quentin Jefferson, who's the former Seattle Seahawks um, signed with the Bills, two year deal, uh, no money reported here, but, I mean, it says here he was, he was the most consistent pass rusher, which doesn't really say anything because you know we talked about Javidi and Cloudy last week. He's not really the pass rusher, so surprised that Seattle let him walk and re-signed the defensive tackle.
1: Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Bills definitely got a really strong uh, defensive player though. Um, those Mm -hmm. who, you know, minus, uh, breakdown and the, (laughs) in the playoffs, I mean, they could have definitely had a solid run. So, I mean, all all they're doing right now is just helping their stock going forward.
0: I agreed. agreed. Hopefully they can, uh, get past that and get back to the form next year Mm -hmm. or this season. Absolutely. Uh, So we have another, we have another 38 year quarterback who's looking for a job, Jason Peters, who. You know, I feel like he could still play. I don't know if I'm giving them. You know, the Jason. Um, you know that Jason Whitworth, uh, Whitworth, Andrew Whitworth. Excuse me, his uh, contract mm-hmm. at the uh, three-year mark, but
1: no, he might end up signing a one-year contract. For a long time.
0: Yeah, he might, he yeah, might end one up getting
1: two. a one-year contract somewhere.
0: Maybe of the Eagles years. in.
1: Well, it might be a one year. Like, so here's what I'm thinking: either one year at another place, and then he'll do one more year with the Eagles to retire, or he'll just do one more year with the Eagles and then
0: retire. Depends. They might move on because they have. I mean, they've drafted some guys. I know they drafted a guy last year who they were pretty high on. Um, I think they also have a lineman, though. although he struggles from uh, anxiety issues. Uh, they've been working through that with him. Uh, so you got two guys there that I think. They might move on from Jason Peters and just, you know, cut their losses. I mean, it's a business at the end of the day. You know how it is. Yes, of course. So moving on to the 43, we're just moving along. This is awesome. Uh, Trey Waynes, the former first-round pick with the Minnesota Vikings, moves on to the Cincinnati Bengals, three years, $42 million, And this is probably one of the best moves the Bengals have made in a long time.
1: Wait, the Bengals made moves? Holy crap.
0: It's exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, outside of tagging AJ Green last week, I think this is pretty solid.
1: That was more of a lifeline snag right
0: there instead of a quarter <laughs>
1: move right there. But, I mean, I kind of – I like it. Um, I right, mean, we just got to see what's going to happen going forward. Yeah,
0: just got to wait and yeah, see. Wait and see. Um, and speaking of the Cowboys, from a Cowboy Malik Collins, Defensive tackle has signed with the Oakland Raiders. One-year deal, of six million. I think, um, and this is mostly guaranteed, but yep. I don't know. On the Cowboys, I mean, six million. Come on. I think he was Come done on. with the team.
1: I think he was done with the team.
0: I mean, that's so crazy. Six million dollars for some of these players is—I mean—that seems like a prove-it deal, but Doc, I can understand him wanting to Doc, sign there.
1: I would leave two of my secondary gives up points like that. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness. I want you to know that the Professor Jonathan A. Goddard said that. Oh, not. I'll keep on saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh so here we go. Moving on to number 45. The Texans have re-signed. Oh my god, the Texans resigned somebody. I know. Three, $36 million. Didn't trade him. And that's Bradley Roby, their defensive back. Um he's a pretty solid player. Pretty solid player. Um surprised, of course, that they traded their best player, but that's either here nor there, I guess.
1: Uh, I would be more surprised if he doesn't get traded next offseason. Moving on.
0: <laughs> Yikes. Moving on, number 46, Jordan Phillips, a um, guy who had nine and a half sacks last season, has signed with the Cardinals, three-year deal. I'm um, not sure. He's another guy I haven't really heard of too much. Um, but obviously, nine and a half sacks isn't easy to do, especially at the defensive tackle position. Because yep. you know, we are not all Aaron Donalds. You know, I mean, he played for the Bills so. last
1: year, um, and he mm-hmm. he definitely was helpful for their defense on their playoff journey uh, to mm-hmm. But I mean, the Cardinals are they're going to be interesting to watch. We're not going to put any mm-hmm. juice into that cup yet, but they will be interesting to watch.
0: Definitely not spiking any balls. Uh, Carl Joseph Reed. Uh, he signs with the Browns one-year deal. Um, he was with the Raiders who declined his fifth-year option. Um, it looks like he had a foot injury, and I think the Browns made a good move, especially last year um, after trading away um, their safety to the Giants. In that Odell Beckham trade, mm-hmm. uh, they needed need safety to come in. I think Joseph comes in and builds a role. one-year deal. It's, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Um, it's not going to hurt them, break the bank, so uh, it's a pretty safe option.
0: It is. <sighs> Mike Brockers, I think this is a tough one. I, I hate it for him, but uh, he reportedly had signed a contract with the Ravens um, and then it fell through because of the physicals and the viruses and everything. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he had to basically he stay he's staying with the Rams three year deal worth $31 thirty one million dollars weren't happening um But I mean, talking about a world of emotions, you know what I mean? Like, yikes! I'm leaving. No, I'm staying. Yeah, uh. yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for him,
1: but. I think he really needs to turn up his gear um, with his new contract.
0: Um, but also playing with Aaron Donald, I think, you know, it's one of those things where he should be turning up, you know, and I think that's why they loved having Sue around mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Sue was the one getting the double teams, but now that Aaron Donald's getting the double teams, it's like everybody else has to eat. Yes. And this next deal, I'm not going to lie. I really like this. Like, a lot. Um, Eric Ebron, even though he was kind of injury-prone, in my opinion, but then again, he did play in Detroit. Of course. The Steelers getting him two years, $6 million a year, $12 million deal. deal. Um, I think this is pretty good. I think, depending on if Big Ben comes back, I think this is a good deal.
1: Um. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is a great security blanket, whether it's for Big Ben or uh, whatever like. they decide to go, you know, with later on. Um, but I can see him, you know, really helping him out, out in the red zone as well too. He was he was absolutely
0: dynamite uh, down there last year. Very true. And number fifty, the former Saint and Vikings quarterback, the former first round pick. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater obviously signed a 3-year deal worth $63 million. They won a free a free agency with the Carolina Panthers, $33 million fully guaranteed.
1: Yeah, I it's going to be fun. Um just like I mentioned yeah. before, the NFC South is going to be most watched for
0: everyone this year. Um not only are they getting Teddy B, you know, they they release Cam they said we're not going to have any quarterback controversy. They trade, what's his name? Um, I can't even remember his name now, even though he was <laughs> a starter for like eight games. Um, they, I mean, they really cleared it out for him. So they yes. believe in Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Absolutely. But let's and get us going. We're going to give you more Debate amongst friends right after this. <laughs> and we're back doc last week there was a there was a two-part mini series that uh went out on youtube and uh i know i had to you know i let you know about this um because it was really good to watch um unfortunately for me i watched this prior to going to sleep, which probably wasn't the best idea. Um, but it was a really good mini-series. And, folks, we're talking about the dark side of the ring, uh, the tragedy of Chris Benoit. And it was speaking about how uh, Chris Benoit rose um, in the world of wrestling. And we're talking about wrestling, folks. Um, and this is more because it's it speaks more on, like, the impact of this tragedy and how it is, you know, affecting all sports, honestly. Um, But it was talking about his rise, which was pretty much the first part. And then the second part was talking about the fall. Uh, And I really loved it. Uh, And, you know, big shout outs to Vice um, for uh, creating this and uh, Chris Jericho as well, too, for being a major part of
0: this happening as well, too. But Doc, what were your thoughts on this? Um, I think, honestly, being a Chris Benoit fan, I've always been a Benoit fan um, since I can remember, um, especially in the early years of WCW, mm-hmm. um, when we had, right I would say right before the Monday Night Wars. Um, yeah, it was right uh, before it. Yeah, we've talked about how great the Cruiserweight division was in WCW, and in the beginning, Chris Benoit was kind of in that because he was a smaller guy. Yes. And then, you know, slowly but surely, he started to, you know, venture out and people like Dean and Eddie and Ray Mysterio, you know, psychosis, some of those guys, they kind of stayed in it. But Chris got bigger and bigger. He went to the horsemen, so on and so forth. So me, not really, you know, like I'm I'm a fan, but I wasn't like, aware of people's rights. And that's why I think I said, you know, I would like to see certain people's biographies there, you know, these documentaries, this is a documentary time that we're yes. living in. So these documentaries are really good. Um, and to see how dedicated he was to his craft was pretty inspiring and sad at the same time, of course, because of the the end. And the one thing about autobiographies that I typically hate is that we know how it ends already. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I felt that way. You know, you feel that way. It's like, all right, you know, the the story is good, but it stinks that you already know how it ends, exactly. especially when somebody passes away. Yes. Um, but I mean, what was one of the things that you learned? I mean, I didn't know anything about you know his time in Japan. I typically don't know about anybody's time in Japan.
1: Um. So I knew about his time in Japan. I actually started watching Chris Benoit when he was part of ECW before he went to WCW. Um, uh, because gotcha. in my household, we watched all three. Uh ECW, WCW, and of course WWF now WWE. Um, so I had a chance to watch him there. And, you know, him and Eddie Grill just had, you know, just classic matches, and you could see that particular uh trend continue on into WCW and then of course into WWE. Um but one of the things that, I mean, and unfortunately, it was during the fall uh, episode of this two part series um, was just talking about, like, how much, you know, the repeated head traumas uh, had such an effect on mm-hmm. him. Um, you know, and, you know, big shout outs to Chris Nowinski, who was also a former wrestler, um, mm-hmm. and was just talking a little bit. And, and I'd be more curious to read a book from Chris Nowinski i um, talking about CTEs, um, because I know that's something that, you know, we talk about a lot with, you know, football and, of course, the concussion movie for Will Smith. Uh, once that came out, everyone was talking about that. Um, but I'd be really interested in reading what he has to say from someone who, you know, was part of that particular sport, you know, and speaking on it from that level versus just hearing a doctor just talking about it. Like, you get that real ground level um experienced during the read. So I'd be really, you know, interested in reading that. Um, but then the other thing too, and I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll probably talk about this a little bit too is the fact that I didn't know that, um, and this is speaking about Eddie Guerrero, I didn't know that he actually died in his nephew's arms. Like that was heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, that was heartbreaking and, and you know we listened to Chisel to of course, Shout the Chiseled Adonis. Uh, his Adonis. Let's out. listen
1: to his stuff on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Huge, huge. Um, and this is the first time we heard, Gis- well, I heard Giselle Donna's not being, you know, I guess, jovial and jolly and, you know, I guess, comedic, yes. I guess. Uh, typically, he's a comedian and most of the things. And this time he was really serious because I like ourselves big time, uh, wrestling fans. Obviously, he's a Chris Benoit fan, but. I think he said, you know, who needed, I think two people that needed a hug in this documentary were obviously David Benoit Mm -hmm. and then um, Nancy's sister. I can't think of her name right now. Yes. Um, But Chabo, I think, probably needed some counseling after this. Because think about it like this. Not only did his uncle die in his arms. Mm Mm-hmm. But he was actually like the last person to actually talk to Chris while on the exactly. phone, and I was just like, "Man, like that is so crazy," um, and you know, obviously, we're talking about two different spectrums, and I think the fact that they combined Eddie and Chris together made the blow a little lighter just a little bit, not too much, but, and this is in regards to the, you know, the celebration, you know, of life uh, on Raw, you know, Mm -hmm. I know we went through that, uh, but Eddie showed triumph over his quote-unquote demons, you know, drugs and alcohol and painkillers and whatnot, you know, getting clean, going back, and then with Chris, it was like, he suffered from such a deep depression and you could tell everybody around him was trying to support him and, you know, give him that, that, that space that he needed but give him the assistance that he needed. And honestly, in certain situations, you just want the best for people. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that moving forward, the WWE would have... I guess really looked out for the wellness of the wrestlers, like not just not just drugs, but like their mental aspect of it.
1: And 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 how apropos that you would say something like that because you know, and this is some of the things that we talked about, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it's starting to come to light. You know, of course, no one uh, part of this particular documentary is employed by the WWE, but. Um, you know, you mentioned how they how you wanted them to have a wellness policy to really look out for uh the talent, uh the contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a wellness policy around that time and it was pretty much a joke. Um, because right. you would see people who, you know, definitely did a thing. Um, yeah. but not I or denying names or anything like that. But, you know, they no. needed to be disciplined for violating this particular policy, and they haven't. It. And it was so lax compared to now, um, where you can't really eat a poppy seed bagel without getting a 30-day suspension, Um, hmm. that, you know, you can just flush it out your system and be good, apparently. Or, you know, you know when the tests are going to come. Um, and and, and that's I absolutely nice agree with what about. you're saying
0: there, yeah. And that's something that we talk about with the NFL, which is mm-hmm. why it was always so laughable that people would fail. It's like you're getting a notice. Like, hey, during this week, we're going to test. you get getting a notice week before. And some people would fail because they just didn't care or whatever the case may be. But
1: Minus, I mean, of course, those that got like six tests in like three weeks.
0: Yeah. See, that's ridiculous. That was ridiculous. but Or people who didn't really take drugs but ate a specific cut of meat. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, because that happened with – um. it was a football a player who played out in Mexico, actually.
0: Yeah, it was a couple of people who had, you know, um, ate something and were like, what the heck? You know, I, I didn't take anything. It was in the meat or it was this or that. Yeah. It's like, you know, what the heck? Um, but with this documentary, and if you haven't watched it, it it's pretty It's pretty heartbreaking. Um, obviously, we wouldn't recommend watching it at nighttime, yeah. especially if you're a wrestling fan like ourselves. Um but the way it ended, you know it's just like again, you know how the story ends, but no matter how hard you try to wish that it would change, like man, maybe it was you know something else, mm-hmm. ultimately, he killed his child, he killed his wife, and then he killed himself,
1: and you know it you know doc and i we we talk a lot about how much we you know. Despise the media doing, you know, propaganda type news and clickbaiting news and you know things of that matter. But once the, you know, initial story came out about the murder suicide, uh, that was still being investigated at the time. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't know how bad it got until this document. It really got bad, doc.
0: And that's the thing about it. That's crazy is that we wouldn't know unless you know they showed us this kind of stuff. Because like honestly, like I remember the fight between him and um, what's his name, uh, Nancy's uh, ex husband, uh, Kevin. Sutherland. Um, Kevin telling like I remember that fight, but you know, kayfabe was pretty alive at that time. So, yes. I mean. And for those who don't know, Kayfabe basically is making sure that you stay stay in character even when you're outside. So it's like, you see the Undertaker in the airport, he's going to still act like the Undertaker. And, you know, and that happened to me, just so you know. 20 years ago, yes. Yeah. Um, Well, this is in the 90s. I saw the Undertaker. He legit was like, he looked and then he just turned around and it was evil. I mean, it made sense. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It just made sense. He he wasn't the guy to go up to. So in this situation, you say, okay, well, they're in a Mm storyline, and I love the fact that somebody said Kevin Sullivan booked his own divorce. Yes. Like, that was so crazy.
1: That was irony.
0: Uh, Big time irony. Um, But to come to a point where the guy, your knight in shining armor, you know, the guy that you ran off to turned into... The person that you're kind of running from, to in a sense, yep. it's crazy.
1: I mean, and it goes um, back to the whole, you know, what's going on, you know, within right. his head. And, and I know that was something that I thought about at the time. Is like, I mean, there's something else that's happening that we're not, that we don't have the information for. I mean, of course, you know, I'm what, this is what, 2000 something. So, what, I'm just <laughs> in really? college. Yeah.
0: Thirteen years ago, what two thousand and we were just leaving high school. Yeah. Yeah. so like you yeah, know. we don't we don't know our
1: way around the world at that time, despite mm-hmm. how we we feel at the time. But like you we know, don't know about
0: we don't know about stress, the stress of uh, adult living, or anything exactly. like that. Yeah,
1: well, we have I mean, no idea. We, we were still playing on a court. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, eating Chinese food, playing with Chris Benoit in in the game. Smackdown I mean,
1: shut your mouth and hear
0: from
1: yeah. Savannah. we were um, playing. But it's it's crazy like you know now that we're getting much more information as far as like CTE and how you know repeated blows to the head deteriorates your your brain and stuff like that. and you know and, I, and that one thing I really loved is how quickly the WWE did a, a 180 when they came to CRISPR Wall, which at the time, I was upset because I right. but I didn't know the whole story, but I understand why they did it from a business standpoint now.
0: Um, right. well, and of
1: course, you know, we, we can literally, he will never be in the in the hall of fame ever. Oh, absolutely not!
0: Absolutely ever. not.
1: But you know, one mm-hmm. thing that Chris Jericho mentioned is you know, Nancy, um, aka woman, um, for those that watched WCW back in the day. Um, I felt like she should go into the hall of fame. Um, I felt like she did pay her dues out there.
0: Um, she did to
1: be able to do that.
0: Um, now. Now let's let's not jump let's not jump too much here. I want well, to make sure. All
1: I'm saying is, Miss Elizabeth can make it to the Hall of Fame, then Nancy should get into the Hall of Fame. I'm putting it out there.
0: I get it. Uh, w- repeat that one more time.
1: If Miss Elizabeth can make it to the Hall of Fame, then woman should go into the Hall of Fame.
0: Gotcha. I gotcha. Um, so the one thing I was going to say is that. Um, The chair shots.
1: How do yes. you feel about the chair shots? Uh, well, I mean, let's talk about the evolution of, you know, science and, you know, conditioning and things like that. Like, it was literally a badge of honor to get hit in the head with a chair. Um, you know, ECW aside and, of course, Addisonera aside. Um, you know, it was a rite of passage. Like, you know, you would have to essentially, you know, we hear this word all the time. Um, you know, you have to eat that, and you know, just walk away from it, um, and be good, because you know, you have another show to do in a few days, and you have to go ahead and do that show. If not, you're not going to get paid. If you don't get paid, you're not going to work.
0: And the thing about it is, and of course, you judge it now, but it's like before. It's like, all right, you know, I understood, you know, the chair shots, and you know, you always wish like. Wrestling, you know, people say it all the time. Like wrestling is fake, you know, all sort of stuff. But it's like it's they, they, it's they say not. That,
1: they say that they they should say that to the wrong people.
0: <laughs> like, that can go wrong really really fast. But it's like somebody takes a chair shot to the head, and you know, you're bleeding, legitimately bleeding. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, or you're legitimately concussed. Like I've seen, you've seen some really really bad chair shots, and some people were relentless with it. Yes. Rock. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, some people really, really took some some heavy shots. Um, and you have to think about it. And I think Chavo said it himself, you know, how much CTE, you know, how much damage do I have to my brain? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, and we're talking about a guy who not only took chair shots, but also did a flying headbutt for his whole career. Yes. Um, so... Um, obviously, CTE is a big deal. I don't know. Obviously, WWE made countless efforts to change moves. They've changed the way people can do moves. There are no more chair shots. Um, obviously, the they're doing part? these chair, chair shots to the back and to the stomach and chest and all those other stuff, which is it's so weird to see it. Um, honestly, I think they should probably just move on from the chairs, but that probably um, won't happen. We'll agree. Um, Kindle <laughs> sticks should be
1: fine, but I mean, the yeah. chair, like the problem is when you see "uh" in the gut and then "um," like if you see it like multiple times in a night, like,
0: it, it <laughs> like they're, be- <laughs> they're beating somebody with a chair, like you're using a chair almost like you would a belt. It's like so weird to see, um, but. Ultimately, mm-hmm. the story is really sad. Um, it's, it's motivational and inspirational to begin with, but mm-hmm. knowing the end, it's sad. Um, I think the one thing that stood out to me the most um, was, I would say, when Chris Jericho said, you know, Benoit and them, I think they were in a match and they missed on a kick or something. Yep. And Benoit was in the locker room doing 500 squats. I thought that was... Incredible, um, you know, to hear yes. as somebody so dedicated that they would punish themselves, you know, and hold themselves accountable, you know, because it seemed that was the definition of who he was and not how it ended. It's just very unfortunate that, you know, and the story is of course with the brain injuries, with the steroids, with everything, that pretty much the way it ended was in a murder homicide. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, um, one line that was said that I completely agree, you know, you could spend your whole life trying to make a name for yourself, but it only takes one moment to ruin all your efforts.
0: And that's absolutely true. That's all facts.
1: Yes. You know, Chris Benoit was trying to, you know, make his name known throughout the pantheon of wrestling. And the only thing that people remember now is how it ended.
0: Yeah, and he was, and honestly, I think he did it. I think he was well known. I think he was well respected in the business. Um, It just thinks that it had to end like that. It's it's a crying shame, too. Yeah, Uh, but if you get a chance, that ladies and gentlemen, definitely check it out. It's on YouTube. Um, You know, it's presented by Vice. You know, the dark side of the ring. You can just search Chris Benoit. I'm sure you'll find it. Two part series, Um, but. We'll or be right could, back. Or you could check it
1: out on our forums on debateamongstfriends.com.
0: Oh yeah, check it out on our forums. That'll be awesome as well. Um but we'll be right back after a short break. Ladies and gentlemen, every week we like to do what's called the two-minute drill, where we go over stories and headlines that we didn't get a chance to cover during the show. This week, NBA and NCAA executives have agreed to take a 20% salary reduction due to the coronavirus. Farah?
1: Speaking of COVID-19, legendary... Chinese basketball player, Stefan Marbury, is donating 10 million masks to his hometown in New York City to help combine, combat the uh, pandemic. Back to you, Doc.
0: In unfortunate news here, John Bone Jones has pled guilty to his second DUI and will receive house arrest and community service. Brock? And even more depressing
1: news, uh, legendary Harlem Globetrotter Fred Curly neal passed away uh, last week at the age of 77. Back to you, Doc. And finally,
0: in lighter news, we all wanted to know if Tom Brady was going to wear number 12 this season. It has been confirmed that Chris Godwin will be switching to number 14, giving Tom Brady number 12 and it was noted that no transaction or compensation was involved and that'll be all for this week's show uh, be sure to tune in next week for more analysis more reads and more debate
1: thank you for listening to debate books friends give us a follow on our social media on facebook twitter
0: and instagram You can also listen to all of our Debate Amongst Friends podcasts here on Anchor, as well as Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iTunes.
1: And like we always say, goodbye, and to all a good night.
0: L E S G. Peace the ocean. Yay!